we're doing year-enders, year-end reviews. We're going to talk about energy uh, and think about the year that it's been in energy. And like everything else, it's been it's been chaotic, right? I mean, I don't know if there's anything we can talk about really that hasn't been just wild uh, for the past few years, uh, energy included. Uh, in January, if you take a look at where we were when it comes to the price of oil, we were at yeah about $85 a barrel, okay? Uh, a month later, end of February, Russia invades Ukraine. And a month after the invasion, the price of oil has gone up to over $120 a barrel. And and that's meant all kinds of implications for, especially us here in Alberta. It's meant really, really good things for the province, reversing a deficit position into a massive surplus. It's also meant, you know, that we're paying more to heat our homes, drive our cars, all the rest of those things. It's the way it works. Um, so let's get a breakdown on 2022 in energy with Dave Yeager. Dave's joined us many times. He, of course, is an energy policy analyst and oil and gas writer, author of from Miracle to Menace, Alberta, a Carbon Story. Dave, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time, as always, sir. Oh, good morning. Hey, before we get into the year in review, we we know that, uh, you know, things happen all the time that can change the forecast. And uh, Keystone appears to have sprung a leak yesterday and yeah. has been shut down. What might that mean for the price of oil and for Alberta in particular? Well, that's going to back it up till they repair it. I mean, it carries uh, it's a big pipeline carrying several hundred thousand barrels a day, and until such a time, that oil's going to have to go into storage. So it really depends. Well, the question is, is, is does it back all the way up to the wellhead or the oil sands plant? You know, what is the level of storage in the in the major terminals like Hardesty? So this is temporary, and they'll get it running again. But no, this is uh, causes um, a price to go up on one side of the pipeline. And of course, when you get restricted takeaway capacity on this side on this side of the leak, it makes it go down. But for the for about the time it's been shut in, I haven't seen any material changes in prices today. Again, it's oil will go into storage for a period of time. But if storage fills up and the pipeline isn't working again, yeah, we'll have some uh, really material in decreases in oil prices okay. here. Something yeah. to watch. Um- 2022, when it comes to energy, is it that spike that I was talking about, that surge that we saw into uh, March of 2022 where the price of oil went up about 50%? That's the big story, right? No, the, no, no. Actually, no. I think I'd like to take the spaceship or take the go up to thirty thousand sure. feet and look at look at all the factors that affect oil in Alberta. And it was a great year. I mean, the, the price is average price will be the highest it's been since twenty fourteen. The unsung uh, hero is the price of natural gas. You know, before two thousand and eight, it was routinely ten bucks. In twenty nineteen, it was like fifty five cents. Price of gas is averaged. Uh, we gas used to pay the rent in the in Alberta yeah, for years. Yeah. It, it's averaging a way higher price. But I think another uh, some of the great advancements in twenty two are less subtle. I haven't seen any really famous people going to find them. Uh, for McMurray to protest the oil sands recently. <laughs> true, have, you true. have you noticed that? No, have you noticed that for, you know, for wherever Alberta was a persona non grata and in the Europe and there was protests here and been protests there. And, and that, it, it kind of, you know, the part of it's been a great job by the producers to, to show their social responsibility and agree to cut emissions. But all of a sudden they've realized because of geopolitical events, well, you know, maybe having 4 million barrels a day or whatever it is coming out of the middle of North America that's got nothing to do with the war. Ukraine or all the geopolitical drama. That, that's a really comforting or relaxing thing that, that's gone away. Because I, I think sometimes you forget, I think it's human nature, and you remember the good things and forget the bad things. But if you look at all the baloney that Alberta has been put through, 
um, you know, in the past, even going back to 2008, when gas prices started sliding as that market was rebuilt, the tar sands came, campaign began. Perhaps the reason there's no pipeline protest because because uh, we're not trying to build any new ones, perhaps. But there's uh, the pipeline, uh, the LNG soldiers on in the sense that in a year or two, we're going to be able to take 10% out of the gas out of the basin. That's a game changer. That went, that went through the year, with, except for the, the vandalism in February, which is apparently part of the being in the 21st century, that went pretty good. And they, 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 apparently, they're going to finish Trans Mountain one way or the other. We don't know when. We don't know how much. So you, you look at all those factors. You look at um, at the at the resource, the food and fuel. You know, Alberta. It's back to the basics in the world economy because of the correction in the economy. So I, I think if you if you look at everything. Uh, the, you know, the tremendous volatility that seems to come with the territory. But I, I think 22 is just a just a fantastic year, and and all the changes that that have come in. I mean, even the, even Ottawa said that went to, uh, in March. Even the federal government that um, went to Europe in in March and said, "Well, don't worry, we can get you more oil." Right? You know, we can get you. Know, yeah, I mean, when's the last time you heard that? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, really? No, so, and they wouldn't so, sign so, on know, to the COP agreement at the end of the last COP meeting. They, they they wouldn't sign on to that because they were worried about what it might do. So you're well, right. yeah, but I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the, that's the change in tone. In fact, the whole world has changed its tone. That fossil fuels are valuable again. Security of supply is important again. Things that, you know, things that we claim we could live without. We didn't need oil. We didn't need gas. We didn't need coal. You know, we could, and and so that is the biggest change, and it's it's gained momentum over the course of the year, and I think it, it really sets the stage up that that you know 2023 and beyond. It's just going to be way, way different, way better for Alberta in, ways, in, in ways I don't think people appreciate. Uh, that, that's really encouraging to hear you say that. I mean, I, I'm with you 100%, and I've talked many, many times on the air about the fact that I think we get out in front of ourselves here, and we have these great aspirational goals, but we sort of overlook the reality down here on Earth, uh, and we got we got that snap back into perspective for us over the course of 2022. But I don't have the faith in the leadership that you do to say, uh, okay, well, let's be a little more realistic going forward forward i think they'll run right back into their aspiration and their ambition and we'll be right where we were before you know the 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 period of time in which the energy transition was uh, was invented uh is it was a situation that'll never be duplicated again and i'm thinking of the last part of the last decade say 2015 to 20 till covid in 2020 oil price had collapsed so energy was cheap it was everywhere gas prices had collapsed Interest rates were at were really low. Inflation rates were really low, and and so the world relaxed. You know the the the, the real issues of what of the supply chains and security of supply. Everything was taken for granted. So we got this. Woke up one day and said, "Well, yeah, well, there's no problem. We can replace diesel fuel with solar panels." Like I mean, there was a bit right, of yeah. uh, there was a bit of insanity to the whole thing. And so people are really shocked back in reality. A lot of voters didn't pay attention, you know, the urban voters in the major centers like Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. Somebody said, well, we should get out of the oil business. They didn't know. They didn't care. You know, we should tax fertilizer. I mean, who cares? But now everybody cares. And it's, it's almost like your smartphone has been replaced with your wallet. Like you used to get all the news on the smartphone. You just read what you wanted. But now, now it's a, it's a whole different area. The the cost of everything's going up, and, yeah. and people are going to start asking why. Why is that going up? What is that? Why why is my power bill going up? Why 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 are my food bills going up? So that so I I think a, a lot of a lot of Canadians and a lot of people in the Western world 
and, and we're pre-COVID, we're asleep at the switch, you know. And the people with a with a with a crusade uh, got to carry the day. You know, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, let's do this. Let's block that. And now it's all it's all different. So I think I don't think that the the series of events um, or the the macroeconomic circumstances that created a lot of the stuff that's been painful in Alberta don't exist anymore. And I don't see them coming back anytime soon. So I think there's a bigger change of foot. And I, I think it's going to be reflected at the ballot box. Now I say that all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that uh, that I don't think the liberal that I think you know if there was an election held tomorrow, uh, would would Trudeau win again? And everybody says, well, you know, of course. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's because this is hitting other places like downtown Toronto way worse than us. I mean, if, if there's if there's a correction in real estate, it's going to be the most severe where the most houses are right where the most people sure. live yeah exactly yeah, so for sure. alberta yeah so the alberta is great i mean we well, if you're in the oil industry and the agriculture industry and you need workers well you because your your business is going up you've got the cash flow to pay them but if you're in if you're if your economy is based on say after-tax recreational dollars you know if you're in tourism hotels and restaurants that's a lot tougher you know so i i, I don't i don't think all the advantages of being in primary resources that were taken for granted before, I don't think the the great the the beauty of of being of the back to the basics, if you will, and commodities that you can't live without. I think that's a lot more powerful influence uh, for Alberta, that positive for Alberta, and I think it's going to change uh, voting behavior in the future. So you see good things on the horizon for 2023. Then you think we're heading in a better direction than we have been. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, if you put up all the things that we've had to put up with in Alberta and in the past, uh, 10 years, going back to pipeline protests and crusades and, you know, really rich and famous people with carbon footprints, we can only imagine telling us how to live our lives. That's all gone. I mean, that alone, not having to listen to Jane Fonda and Neil Young telling us what to do. I mean, <laughs> James Cameron, I mean, you know, that's fantastic. <laughs> Just go back to whatever you're doing. We'll leave, we'll probably, you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. So, I mean, what happens if, if the Russia situation gets resolved early in the new year? Oil's flowing out of Russia again. Everything's handled there. Do we not return to what we were thinking before? I mean, when you take a player like Russia out of the mix the way that we have, or at least reduced it drastically, I mean, it, it resets everything. I, I, I guess maybe I'm just being really skeptical that we just go back to the way we were. I uh, nobody really wants to think that if things could be getting better, it's one of our default behaviors. <laughs> but if you look at the investment in new oil supplies around the world, there's just not a lot of oil. What what you're seeing in the price today is not excess supply. You're seeing demand destruction caused by high prices and the recession. And so there's a number in there. It may not be 120, but it's certainly not going to be where we were at 50. And so this is a very tenuous situation. And low prices we see today, uh, there's nobody to really figure out the oil markets right now. Nope. Remember, the United States uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve has been competing with its own producers at a million barrels a day. They're running out of oil. They can't do that forever. Um, the, 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 uh, the, new, the investment in new supplies all over the world is way behind. Even the International Energy Agency, when they're not telling us that we should buy solar panels and wind turbines, is is worried that at the amount of investment that's going to be required globally to to sustain production, because there's something called depletion, which people don't talk about very much, but it's about five percent. Every oil field in the world, except the oil sands, which has got infinite resources, declines by about five percent a year. So you got to go out and and put on five million barrels a day, or or four million barrels a day in new production, just to just to tread water. 
So we're way behind on that. The supply chains for the oil service, uh, the Permian Basin, look at that. They said, well, prices are higher. Well, why aren't they, you know, going crazy in the States and drilling again in the Permian Basin? Well, they got real supply chain issues with labor yeah. and, and service costs. And, and so it's, uh, it, it, the, the, there's a, a natural gas. Don't forget gas. Everybody forgets gas. Gas is huge. And uh, that's going to be a permanent new floor under the gas price. Uh, once we get LNG Canada going, and it's looking at a second train, which will double output, it'll take some time. But boy, oh boy, the gas business has paid the freight in Alberta going back to Medicine Hat when, oh, they, yeah. when they were drilling for water with the railroad. You know, I mean, it's great stuff. We got tons of it. So uh, yeah, there's you know we're still living with some political hangover with some policies that people in Alberta object to out of the federal government, but they're moderating their tone and and they're having to be pragmatic because um, they're realizing that uh, uh, I think the tone in Ottawa is actually vastly improved as you as you pointed out yeah. at COP27 and yeah. you know they what they could not agree to anymore they've got responsibilities with G7 G20 and NATO that uh, that <laughs> probably got more influence Europe probably got more influence on what they do in Ottawa and Alberta has, that's for sure. Uh, Dave, yeah, I mean, hey, good, nice positive outlook. I, I like that. I like it a lot. I wish we had a little more time, but we don't, so we got to leave it here, but I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.